This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The Bucks never stop here. You're listening to Green and Growing, hosted by Sparky Pfeiffer and Nathan Marzion. Hey, it's Sparky Pfeiffer along with Nathan Marzion here on Green and Growing, episode number two. Our first episode live streaming. We do curtain long too, Ryan Horvath and myself. We have not live streamed that either. I'll let you in behind the curtain. I, I wanted to live stream this thing on YouTube. Uh, and Nathan and I both found out that it takes 24 hours for approval in order for this thing to live stream. I had no idea. So I was going to live stream Curtin Long tomorrow on YouTube. It doesn't look like that's going to happen either because we're doing that at noon tomorrow. So you'll have to follow at Sparky Radio if you want to follow along uh, with us. Lots to get to on uh, today's show and including some of the things going on with the Milwaukee Bucks. But first, this undefeated Bucks team is the only team left undefeated right now in the NBA, Mr. Marzian. And I know that doesn't surprise you. I think you called for 82 and all at the beginning of the year. Uh, but having said that, you know, is it realistic to think that this Bucks team ends up being the best team in the NBA? Absolutely. I mean, this is a team that coming in, I think, was probably the fourth or fifth in terms of um, their projected win total. And people kind of assumed, okay, if Giannis plays enough games, if the, they can stay relatively healthy, they're going to be up there, you know, with a chance to have the best record in the NBA. And even without being healthy, they're already 6-0, which is a fantastic start. And, yeah, just assuming that Giannis plays enough games, assuming that they can, you know, once Chris and Pat come back, they're not losing guys constantly. No reason to really think they can't because right now they're playing fantastic. You know, that's the thing about this Milwaukee Bucks team, right? So you make that defensive adjustment. Uh, in the offseason where you're like, okay, we're going to start taking away these corner three-point shots. And to this point, it's worked, right? You haven't seen necessarily the premier three-point shooting teams maybe necessarily uh, yet throughout the season, and other teams are going to adjust to what you're doing. So it's going to be a little bit of a give and take here throughout the season as people adjust. But right now, Bucks are sitting on top as far as defense goes and doing the job they're supposed to do. Yeah, that's been the the best sign to me has been coming into the year. We kind of mentioned this on the last podcast. I said, with Chris out, with Pat out, that's going to affect you offensively more yeah. than it's going to affect you defensively. So you'd want to see that the defense can play better. And if the offense is struggling a bit, that makes sense. That's okay. That's something that, you know, when those guys come back, that'll improve. But the defense was something that, you know, I, I was looking for in these first few games, these this first part of the season without those guys. And you have Giannis, Brooke, Drew, are those guys, you know, playing – as we know that they can play defensively, especially Brooke Lopez has been, I mean, unbelievably good. And so, yeah, they have the best defensive rating in the NBA. You know, that's the thing. Uh, and Brooke Lopez is such a big key. We talked about this in episode one. Again, Odyssey, Apple, Spotify. You can download Green and Growing each and every week. If you go to Spotify, you put in Green and Growing and you don't put Bucks next to it, you may get a plant show. I'm just telling you. So put Bucks next to it and, you, and you'll find it. And then uh, you can follow it and you'll be all set. Uh, this is the thing, right, with Brooke Lopez. When Brooke Lopez is on the floor, 
they're one team. But when Brook Lopez is off the floor, and at points during the season, this is going to happen, right? Either he's going to need a night off, maybe to rest his back, maybe he's going to get in foul trouble early. Then this team, I think, changes a little bit when you don't have that dominant rim protector back there in Brook Lopez. Yeah, they were middle of the pack defensively last year, and Brook missed most of the season. And right. I mean, they had Giannis, they had Drew, and it does show that, hey, this guy is really what unlocks this defense. His ability to protect the paint and just you know, take Giannis off of that full-time big man role um, and let Giannis be playing off the ball. And that, you know, is where Giannis is the best defensively. And that's really what unlocks the whole defense. And we've seen it so far this year. You know, the other thing too about this Milwaukee Bucks basketball team as we're going, you're starting to see uh, the younger guy, Marjan Bochamp, maybe get start to get a little run here, not just in garbage time, but get a little bit run earlier in the game and get him a little bit of exposure. Now he's going to go practice with the herd uh, on Wednesday, along with Chris Middleton. We'll get to that uh, coming up in the next uh, segment here, but we talked about Marjan Bochamp. What have you seen from him uh, to this point, Nathan? I mean, it hasn't been a ton, but that's okay. We haven't, you know, I, I want to say he played seven or 10 minutes uh, on over the weekend. And then yep. last night he played about four, but yeah, good to see, but at least going with him a little bit. I know we're kind of calling out for him to play more over, Jordan Wara, which we got your we got your thoughts on Wara last you did. episode one. Go yeah. back and listen if you'd like to check it out. Yeah. So, and I definitely agree. I mean, we we know what we're getting out of Wara. There's nothing really new to see, and it's not very good. And occasionally, he can put up ten points. He Defensively, have, he's showing you a little something. Yeah, lately. he's at least been. I mean, he's had a couple of nice plays, but still, overall, not a good defender. Not going to do anything as a playmaker. Yep. So why not give those minutes while Chris and uh, Pat are out, and you have some, you know, 10, 15 minutes to to give out give it to the rookie and let him have some run. I, I'm glad they've at least given him a chance. He knocked down a corner three when he first came in and, uh, against – it was either – was it against the Knicks or was it against uh, Atlanta? Over I think it was Atlanta. Yeah, Atlanta. So um, knocked down a corner three there and, you know, again, hasn't hasn't done a ton, but you're not really expecting that. I'm not I'm not expecting him to come in and be able to, to do a ton for us. He's a rookie. He's a – you know, in the 20s, yep. they're not going to be guys that come in and just do a bunch right away. And again, and we're going to get to Chris Middleton here next. We'll get to Chris Middleton. And that is when Chris Middleton comes back, that's going to change kind of everything for the Milwaukee Bucks as far as rotations, playing time for guys. Maybe you work Middleton up as far as his minutes go to kind of ease him back into this. Maybe, you know, he comes off the bench and gives you 15 minutes to start before he works his way back into the starting lineup uh, and gets some regular minutes. But that's probably going to take away from some of Marjan Bochamp's uh, time as well here once Milton gets back. Yeah, these guys, I mean, whoever gets that, like War or Bochamp, like it's not going to be a role that is super big for us. You know, at, once those guys come back, it's probably not going to be much at all. Right. If Bochamp doesn't play much at all this season, I'm not going to be upset about that. Um, as long as, you know, you're not playing guys like War ahead of him where it's like, I just don't see the point in that. But yeah, once once Chris and Pat come back, it, the rotation will be pretty full. And yeah, there, there will not be much... Um, room for for Bochamp, which again is fine. He's a rookie coming into the year. I was not expecting him to play much, but yeah, it's good to at least see him get some minutes now and see Bud willing to put him out there a little bit. I'll tell you a little bit of a concern I have with this Chris Middleton thing. Okay, so he's going to practice with the herd on Wednesday. That's fine, right? We see this all the time with guys coming back from injury. They get some run with the herd when the Bucks have a day off or whatever. Okay, fine, I get it. Or the Bucks are traveling on the road to go play somebody, so they stay behind. Okay, this is my thing. When he comes back. What happens to Drew Holiday? Because Drew Holiday here has gotten a little bit of a roll here these last couple of games, right? Starting to feel himself a little bit out there with Giannis. And what has always happened 
nine out of 10 times is with Bledsoe and with Holiday to a certain degree, you get the, well, this is their team. I'm just going to kind of step back here. And, you know, if somebody gets in foul trouble or somebody's hurt and can't play or sick and can't play, then I'll give them what I have offensively. But otherwise, you know, I'm kind of take that back seat. And we just can't have that. Like, you need to have your three big scores be your three big scores night in and night out, especially come playoff time where you know, Holiday wasn't necessarily, you know, the best in the whole wide world. But that's really what you have to have. And that's my problem with the Brooklyn Nets right now, who, by the way, I'm sorry, Steve Nash, you got fired for no reason. Um, but either way, Durant and Kyrie every night are giving you 30-plus, right? Every night they're both giving you what they got. They don't have a third guy. They don't have the depth, and that's killing them right now. This Bucks team, once Middleton gets back, even though they're undefeated already, will have a legitimate big three that can give you 20-plus every night. I don't know if Giannis is 30-plus you know, every night is going to continue once Middleton gets back on the floor. I'm guessing it won't. Uh, but that's going to be the adjustment I think they have to make is getting all three of those guys comfortable playing together again because, again, it's been a year since they played together. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and with with Drew, I think it's it ends up being a good thing for Drew because, yes, I mean, he might have to take a little bit more of a backseat, but it doesn't, he, he's not forced to um, force things more. He's, you know, we saw it in the playoffs a couple times now and we've seen it to start this season minus the last two games where he's been awesome. But the first four games this season, he was not great scoring the ball because, you know, it's, it puts a lot of pressure on him because when the ball's not in Giannis's hands, there's not many other guys when Chris is out that can go get their own shot and can actually handle the ball a lot. So it forces Drew to be that guy, you know, very, you know, a lot and more than he's probably used to doing. We saw it again in the playoffs against Boston. Um, Drew was not very good scoring the ball because, He's forced to do that more than he wants to. And um, I think having Chris back, the the main thing that does is give them some shot creation ability, which is what they are missing so badly right now. Um, good to see Drew able to have a couple of big games here, really step up his game offensively. But I don't necessarily have a huge problem with it um, causing him to, you know, step back into that third role. As long as he's still, you know, he's going to be aggressive. We, we, we see Drew do that where um, he, he's going to still look for his shot. He's not going to be too passive or anything, but it'll, it'll force to be more efficient. I think that's the other thing, right? So when Milton comes back, do we think they take a little bit of a step back as they try to adjust to playing together again? Maybe does, is that when that first loss happens when they're all trying to get that chemistry back and right again, that could happen. It might take a little bit of time, but knowing that they've played together before and won a championship together helps that it's not going to take too long. You see some of the other, other teams where, you sign guys in free agency. It's a completely new team. 
that takes some getting used to right. to really gel and figure out, okay, how is this thing going to work? At least with the Bucks, this is the same team as last year. You, This isn't something that they're not used to that they haven't done before. So I'm not expecting it to be a, a, a big step back or anything. It might just be a two games of, okay, you know, take a little bit getting used to get back into rhythm. But um, no, I, I, I think their, their first loss will come. It, I mean, it could come in any time. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's guaranteed. They could happen tomorrow. You know, even it's the Pistons, we expect them to win that game, but they fought hard last night. Could happen tomorrow. Yeah. I would guess they got Pistons tomorrow. They got uh, the Timberwolves on the road on Friday and then OKC Saturday. And I think after that, they have Atlanta on the road. I'm going to pick Atlanta on the road. I think will be the first loss. I think they get a couple more here and Atlanta gets them. I'm anxious to see what Minnesota looks like with Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. I, I want to see what this looks like on the floor. I haven't watched any T-Wolves game to this point, just kind of been reading box scores and seeing kind of what they're doing. I, I want to see how these two guys are playing together, and then D'Angelo Russell and how he fits into that whole mix. I, I'm intrigued. I, I'm looking forward to seeing you know, how that plays out because, again, there's probably not many teams that can match them size-wise. With the Bucs, you do have two guys in Giannis and Brooke Lopez that can deal with it. Brooke Lopez with Rudy Gobert, if you want. Giannis goes runs with Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, and I, I think they match up okay there. There's going to be other teams where Minnesota's going to see, uh, and they're going to have a huge size advantage. Now, that may also hurt them in transition when the other team wants to get out and run, because I'm assuming if you're playing Minnesota at this point, Nathan, that's what you want to do. You want to drag these big guys down the floor and out race them to the other, out, out race them to the other side. Yeah, and having you know our two big men, it's going to force – Carl Towns to defend one of those two guys. And I don't think he's going to be able to, I mean, Brooke can space him out and obviously Giannis can as well. And, you know, attack him one-on-one because he has not been very good defensively to start the year. We know Gobert is a really good defender, a defensive player of the year candidate every year, but um, Carl Towns is kind of the one piece there that that's the thing. That's kind of the big question mark is, is can he play defense on the perimeter? Can he be forced to, um, you know, expand out a little bit and, um, expand his defensive game with Gobert kind of patrolling the paint now and so far it hasn't been very pretty so I'm you know I want to see how that you know as you said how that matches up with our two big men and who he has to guard and how he's able to do it I'd be scared to death about Carl Anthony Towns I'd be like I'm sick I'm on play <laughs> because if you're telling me I got to go guard Giannis on the perimeter yeah. and he puts the ball down it's over yeah. like it's over he's got no chance of surviving that and making that work that's and again you don't necessarily have that a lot right so as I say, the Brooklyn Nets. So if they actually have a legitimate center and then you have Kevin Durant, Carl Anthony Towns again is in a situation where he's got to go guard Kevin Durant. So anytime you have that athletic four, and he's athletic for a center, but I don't think he's athletic enough to guard the four. And I remember John Hammond when he was here as Bucks GM, he always used to say the same thing. I'd ask him, what is Ursan Ilyasova? And he'd be like, Sparky, you are who you can defend. That's who you are. So if you can defend a one, two, and a three, then you're a one, two, and a three. If you can only defend a five, then you're only a five at that point. And I thought that was spot on, right? And I've taken that throughout the years as far as how I look at position basketball, even though so many people will say, ah, oh, it's positional. Let's just take five guys, roll the basketball out, uh, and it'll work. It doesn't work in all scenarios. Uh, and, and people have to kind of realize that, I think. Uh, at some point. All right, let's move on to the next one. And this is concerning Brooke Lopez, right? And we've talked about Brooke Lopez in the past in the episode one, by as far as how well he was playing. Should Brooke Lopez be considered untouchable this season? Uh, and that's the first part of the question we'll answer. And then we'll get to the second part about possibly extending Brooke Lopez past this year. If you don't know, he's in a contract here. That's where we sit with Brooke Lopez. That's why there were some people in the offseason banting about the idea of maybe trading Brooke Lopez. 
um, and, and getting another superstar or star player to come back and, and play with what you have already. You know, again, trying to build that all-star team, I guess, to a certain degree. But now you've seen Brooke Lopez's value really to this team if you forgot how good he is when he's healthy. Uh, and he's healthy right now and playing at a high level. Yeah, and a lot of people did forget just how valuable he is and the impact he has. He's obviously getting up there in age, and I was a person all offseason. It was, you know, there are plenty of people saying we need to try to find a way to to trade him, get younger. He's, you know, people basically saying he's washed and cannot be very impactful for us. We got to try to find a way to move him while he still has some value. I was, I've never been in the untouchable camp, but I definitely was not in the trying to trade him camp either. Um, I was kind of like, if you can trade him for like a couple of specific guys, like a, like to me, I, I was kind of saying like a Miles Turner who can give you, he's younger and can give you some of what Brooke can give you. Um, Shot blocker, but can't extend as well as Brooke. Yeah, but he's not going to give you exactly that. But I was like, if they do that, I won't be super upset because that at least makes you younger. It could extend your championship window. I wasn't exactly, I thought Brooke would take a little bit of a step back this year, but still be effective. And he's been, I mean, even 10 times better than I expected, let alone the people who right. thought he was washed. And so, Honestly, at this point, I I am I do think he's untouchable. I would not trade. There's nobody. I mean, can you think of any player if you if you think he's not untouchable? Because I think we can all agree that the role Brook plays is extremely important in unlocking our defense and yes. even our offense too. Because you can't have a center that can't shoot around Giannis. You need that floor spacing. So if if you agree that that role is extremely extremely important, then if you're trading Brook Lopez, you need to get someone who can play that role back or draft somebody. And who is that player? They're really that there isn't that player. And if you're going to draft someone when we're picking in, you know, the late exactly. first round, you're not going to. The chances of finding a player that can do that are so incredibly low. There's just there's no way you can trade him without basically losing that role. Because even like I said, Miles Turner, like good player, younger, decent defender, and everything. But he's he's not going to he, he, putting him out there instead of Brook okay. Lopez is going to completely change things. So let's talk about a couple of things here. One, first of all, Miles Turner needs to learn how to be quiet. Right. Yeah. You, you don't need to be talking about, oh, yeah, Lakers should trade for me, man. We, me and Buddy, we can come in there. We'll do some stuff, whatever. And you're on a team. Man. Yeah. You, you can't be saying that. I don't care if you're on a podcast and one on one interview, a press conference. Like, stay out of that business. Just be like, hey, I can't talk about that, man. I, I'm happy to be a part of the Indiana Pacers and move on. So that nonsense needs to stop from Miles Turner. And, but he is right. Lakers should, should make that deal. Let's talk a, a little bit about how this would work. Right. So let's say the Bucks go, okay. We don't want to pay Brooke Lopez what he's going to be worth because of how old he's going to be because he had back surgery. He's got back issues and we don't think he'll be able to play out his contract fully healthy. And then we're going to be strapped with that cap hit and not be able to move him. So let's say that's their their ideology behind this whole thing. Okay, how do you do this? My only way of coming up with how to do this is you essentially get another athletic four. Because then Giannis is your shot blocker that can do that and help you around the rim in, in that area, right? So he plays more down on the more down around the rim on that side of the floor. And then that four guy is more of a stretch four that can shoot the three-point shot and also rebound the basketball. So essentially you'd be playing with two fours instead of a four and a true five. And to be honest, most of this league, that's kind of what it is right now. You don't really have a true five on a lot of these teams, but you have an elite shot blocker in the best player in the league, Giannis, that's on your roster right now, that would afford you the opportunity to get it done. 
again, we're I'm talking about Sacramento Kings, uh, but Sabonis is a perfect example. That's a guy. It's a center who can't shot block, and he does once in a while, but he's not a premier shot blocker. He can't shoot the ball outside. And it hurts his value on the floor. And that's a problem. Yes, he rebounds. Yes, he can play in the low block. Yes, he's a great passer. But you need more than that now out of that position. So when you look at the Bucs and say, okay, we're going to trade Brooke Lopez at the trade deadline, they will not do that. But if they were to do that, then that's what you would have to be looking for. You'd have to be looking for some type of young four that's up and coming that you think you know, can be that star type player to play next with next to Giannis kind of going forward. Now, yeah. would you get down with that? Cause there's more of that out there than there is somebody that's actually like Brooke Lopez. Um, I still would not because I don't think that the bucks can win a championship this year with Giannis playing the five essentially full time. And so at that point you're saying, okay, I mean, I would much rather, you know, take, you know, write out Brooke Lopez until he the complete end of his career, even, you know, whatever, if he's gone, if he's washed, whatever, if you want it, if he just leaves and you can't extend him, you know, ride out this season because he's going to make that much of an impact on us winning a championship sure. this year. Like having him like uh, Brooke Lopez is someone who, if he leaves and they don't win, I think there would be, I mean, it'd be very likely that we look at it and say, if we had Brooke Lopez, we would probably have won the title. Could be. And I just don't want to be in that situation. I would much rather, you know, you, you go all the way with this thing. You take it till the end of the year. And again, even if he leaves and you, let's say you don't win, at least you gave it your best <laughs> shot with that. At least you, um, you know, again, stuck it out with your best players and, and just, Hey, can we, can we go win this thing again? Cause we've seen it work once. So it, he just has that much of an impact for me that I'm not willing to, get rid of that even if you're trying to extend the 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 championship window extend you know it go for it this year and see what happens after that but right now he's making that much of an impact for us let's talk about extending him now right that's that's the next thing that they can do you're sitting here waiting around chris middleton to make up his mind what he wants to do if he's gonna pick up his player option or opt out going to free agents to get more money from the bucks and he could get in this extension or maybe possibly flirt with going somewhere else brooke lopez on the other hand he's in the last year of his deal uh, and I haven't heard a lot of talk about what they want to do with him extension wise or not. I think if I'm Brooke Lopez, you know, as long as I get some type of raise from what my last deal is, then I'm okay staying here moving forward versus trying to go see the greener pastures. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he looks at it and says, okay, it's my last chance for a big time payday. You know, I'm going to get 25 million, you know, from somebody for three years or something like that versus maybe 15 to 18 million from the Bucks or somewhere along those lines. I'm going to go for the bigger payday. I've got a championship ring. Maybe I've got two if the Bucks win it again this year. I'm going to get my one last big payday here, you know, before I ride off into the sunset. Maybe that's the way he goes. I guess I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised that nobody's really been talking about it. The talk's been about Middleton. Nobody's really talking about Brooke Lopez. I'm guilty of it. I talked to Eric Name on one of my interviews. You can catch all my interviews at uh, 1250amthefan.com. A couple minutes of it in the 55 uh, past the hour break, 6 a.m. through 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. Um, And I talked to him a week or so ago, and I didn't bring up the Brooke Lopez extension to him. I will next time I talk to him from The Athletic. But that's something that would make sense to me. Uh, And I'm sure you would think... At some point this summer that both parties probably sat down and had a discussion of kind of what the future looks like. Yeah. And it's a weird situation to be in because again, you're at a point where, okay, this guy is old. He's, you know, about to be on, you know, an expired contract and he's still making a very big impact. So it's a case of, 
do you pay him all that money when you know you're paying Giannis Christian Drew a ton? Um, how long do you pay him? How long? Because and and it's just you don't know when time will catch up and all right. of a sudden it, I mean it could be immediately all of a sudden um, he loses kind of everything he has, which is normal. That's kind of what usually happens with players. And he's got a bad back. I yeah, mean, that that's the other thing. If physically he breaks down and can't get back then you're stuck. It's not football where it's not guaranteed. These these are guaranteed contracts, and you are stuck if you get into that situation. Yeah, I think the way he's playing so far this year makes it difficult because if he was, you know, okay, he's falling off a little bit, you basically just say, okay, we're going to let him go. He's not what he was a couple of years ago, but he's been so, so good that it's like you're almost like, I mean, do we just pay him that money and um, hope he can keep it up for a couple more years? Because, again, the role he's playing and the way he's doing it is so – impactful for us potentially winning championships if he can do it for two more years you you're going to sign him to do it for two more years because i mean it's going to make that much of a difference yeah no question about it you can email or tweet us i should say nathan marzano or at sparky radio tell us what you think the Bucs should do with brooke lopez and uh, we'll talk about some of the comments we get from you guys uh, on twitter Uh, again we'll do this again coming up thursday night Thursday night, watch for the live uh, Twitter link that'll get tweeted out. And we'll be, we should be on YouTube by Thursday night. So maybe we'll also be on YouTube on Thursday night as well. Okay, so that one is wrapped up. Now let's get to the last uh, topic uh, of the day. And this is an interesting one. How likely is it that Giannis wins another MVP? We kind of talked about this in passing, Nathan, in episode one, as far as how unlikely it is that a guy gets on that type of a run where he wins four or five MVPs or something like that, right? Michael Jordan, Shaq, Kobe, the guys that were truly the best players in the league didn't get on those type of runs because the voters want to spread it out and, and give it to different dudes uh, and not have it just be Michael Jordan every year as, as a no-brainer. Having said that, is Giannis a no-brainer right now? I wouldn't say as of right now a no-brainer, but I think he is that much better than the field that you he would right now get voted as the MVP, and I think it is completely feasible that he could win another MVP. We had the two in a row, and you kind of knew after that, okay, he's probably going to go at least two years without winning another one, especially after they didn't win the finals those two years because right. people are not going to keep giving it to someone. We're going to see it with Jokic, who is awesome in the regular season, but in the playoffs, they don't prove that they're the best player in the world, and therefore they're not going to be, you know, the next year nobody wants to vote for those guys. Unless, again, they're that much better. Like, the the margin for error just becomes nothing for those type of players. And I think it's been a couple years now. Giannis has been so dominant in the past two playoffs that people are just accepting, hey, this is the best player in the world. And, you know, there's no really need to argue it anymore. He is just that dude. Like, he is yep. that much better than, you know, even the second best guy. Like, and the second best guy is really good, whoever it is. But Giannis is just on a, on another level. And so as long as he can keep putting up, you know, close to 30 a game and what he's done the past four years, I think, you know, we're at a point where people are going to be like, hey, unless someone else goes absolutely nuclear and their team has, you know, a really good record. That's the other thing is the Bucks' record is going to help this so much. If they're finishing first in the East, first in the NBA, that's going to help his case a ton. And if he's averaging 30, like there's going to be no reason not to give it to him. Okay. People are going to look at it and say, hey, He's averaging 30. The Bucs are the best team in the league. He is, you know, everyone agrees he's the best player in the league. Why is he not the MVP at that point? I'm going to throw a crazy name out there in a team that's not going to win the East, a team that's not going to be in the NBA Finals, but dude's playing out of his mind. Donovan Mitchell for the Cavaliers right now is balling at a super high level right now for the Cavaliers. You know, if the Cavaliers end up as 
I don't know, top four seed. And they end up with a home court advantage because they end up as, you know, one of the four best teams. Uh, or let's say even as a five seed, let's say, and they, or they're in the four or five matchup. That to me, that's a that's a big deal if you end up in, you know, even as a five seed, because I don't know where people project Cleveland coming in. But if Mitchell puts him on his back and has a career high in points scored per game and you see his assist numbers go up and he has a huge year and puts Cleveland back on the map again, which they haven't been on the map in quite some time. I think there might be some kind of feelings uh, about, you know, rewarding Donovan Mitchell for kind of putting the Cavs back on the map. I think that's something that it definitely could get a guy like that into the conversation, but it doesn't get them to the number one spot. Um, what gets Donovan Mitchell to the number one spot? They got to beat the Bucks in the division. They've got to again for a guy like that who, you know, again, unless you're a consensus top five player, who all you have to do is kind of do your normal thing, you're going to be close to the conversation. Like Durant. Yeah, for a guy, you know, in Durant's case, it's like your team's that bad. Okay, he's obviously not going to win it. But right. like a guy like Mitchell, who is not in that conversation, but if he he would have to have a, you know, again, averaging like thirty. Yep. Which. To me, I don't think that happens for an entire year. I think that's pretty unlikely. And the Cavs would have to be, I think, top three for you know for that to be that much hype of hey, this guy is the MVP. I think there's a very very likely scenario where you know as you said they're they're a top four or five seed. He plays really well this season. He's on you know maybe second team All NBA, right. something like that. Maybe even gets first team votes, something like that. I just it's so hard to get to the MVP number one spot that it's like again to pass a guy like Giannis who everyone knows like Giannis is the best player right now to pass him you'd have to just be on another another level I'll give you another one DeMar DeRozan was having the MVP was in that MVP conversation for a time at, at one point last year now again the one good thing about the NBA season I don't know if it's good, but 82 games, it takes forever to get through the season. So this MVP conversation is going to change, right? So maybe Giannis is there all year. He never leaves out of the conversation, but you'll have two or three guys that will come in and come out of this conversation kind of throughout the year. And then sometimes at the end of the year, depending on where the writers are feeling, somebody could run away and steal us in the last month and get on some type of magical magic carpet ride type run uh, and win this thing at the end. For me, if Giannis is going to win MVP, he he's going to have to have higher assist numbers than he's probably ever had. I, I think that's how this is going to have to change, right? So, yes, he's going to say, let's say he scores 30 a night. Let's say he averages 12 rebounds a game. I think his assist numbers got to be around nine, somewhere in that area, almost flirting with a triple-double in order to tell the voters, all right, man. I mean, we can't, I mean, you don't have a triple double, but damn, like his assist numbers are way better than they ever have been in the past. And he had good assist numbers before considering the position that he plays. I think that's how he takes that next step. And in order for that to occur, guys got to shoot the ball when they get the ball and they got to shoot it well. Right. I mean, you can't be having you know, Grayson Allen has gotten going a little bit over the weekend, but those type of guys, when they get wide open shots, have to hit those shots more consistently than they have in the past in order for his assist numbers to go up. Because he's not going to create a ton of offense necessarily, uh, you know, initiating from from the top, which drives me nuts when he does it. But that that's not going to happen that way. Yeah, I do. I do definitely. It drives me nuts as well seeing him always be the initiator, and it's like use him as a roller, use yes. him, get him on the pick and roll, and then if. They, you know, go after the ball handler. Okay, Giannis is going to be open if they collapse on Giannis. Okay, someone in the corners. It always generates something good. Yes. But um, that's a side conversation for another day. As you said about Giannis needing to probably average close to nine assists, 
I I think he can still win it with his normal assist numbers because to me the the past couple years he's kind of for him to win the MVP he has to go out and like prove that he's the best player in the league and that's when I think this would apply where he has to go out and do something you know over the top that that you know separates him and and you know like a nine assist something like that where people right. go wow let's give him the vote I don't think he needs to do that anymore I think that people have just accepted that he's the best. And so that pressure of him to go do something, you know, statistically that jumps out is not, is, is not there anymore for me, in my opinion, because I think people just know now. I don't think, you know, we saw those two years. He was the best in the regular season, but he wasn't in the playoffs. And so then people are like, okay, he's not the best in the league. You, you know, even when they won the title, it's like there's still people questioning, is he actually the best in the league? Yep. He goes out and does that, you know, that amazing series against Boston last year was fantastic all year. People just are like, okay, he he he's the guy, and so I think knowing like having that, it you don't need to have something that that's crazy statistically to really um, generate that you know hype for best player in the league and MVP. And so I think he could still win it even with with six or seven assists. There you go. Let us know what you think. Tweet at us at Nathan Marziano or at Sparky Radio. Of course, watch for all the interviews I do throughout the week at 1250 a.m. at the or on your Odyssey app. Download and listen to them each and every day from your on-demand account or just click on whatever team you may be looking for. Uh, real quick on the way out here. I didn't put it up here uh, as a topic per se. Uh I brought this up with J.R. Radcliffe, the latest interview I, I did from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And we talked a, bit, a little bit about it uh, in the past, about these purple jerseys uh, that they brought back. And now they have these black jerseys with the white antlers uh, coming up the side. In my little informal poll, uh, I feel like uh, there was more love for the purple jerseys than there was for the black jerseys with the white antlers coming up. Black is my favorite color. I like the black jerseys better. You? I I love both of them, but I have to say purple just has a special place oh, in my heart. I love the purple, man. I've I've been calling for the purple since I was like 16, 17. I was like, they need to bring the purple back because that's when you know that was that, that was, was the I'm only gonna, year they were I'm good. Gonna, I'm gonna make you feel old. That was my childhood. That, that was, was the only the year. first the first couple couple years of me being a Bucks fan, they were purple. Nathan, and, they had one good year. One good year. That was all they had. That doesn't Glenn, matter. Glenn, Ray, Sam, Tim Thomas. Again, it was a great year. George Carl is, I love George Carl, right? No issues with George Carl. Love George. But they had one year with that trio and Tim Thomas. So th- those four, they had one run in the playoffs. That's all they had. And then, you know, we all know what happened, right? So then then, he, then you bring Anthony Mason in because Ray thought that was a good idea. It was all about Anthony Mason. Scott Williams leaving. Poof. There, go, there it goes. And the next thing you know, Ray Allen gets traded. Then it's Sam and Gary Payton and so forth. Purple. How many purple things are in your closet? Uh one, the purple Bucks jersey I have, the TJ Ford jersey. You don't even like purple. <laughs> I don't even I'm, like purple. I'm colorblind. I don't even know what purple You're looks like. You're colorblind. I am very colorblind. You can't say so, you like purple. So this is this is the other thing. The, the purple to me looks more blue. So this might uh, this might actually all tie okay. together. Okay. Because I don't. I truthfully do not know really what purple looks like or what it's supposed to look like. Because I'm I am very very colorblind. This isn't something I you know I I don't talk about this a ton. But yeah, right. It is it. It's actually pretty bad. So um, I, I, really? I see it as I see it more as blue and it looks cool to me. And so you see purple as blue. So what does blue look like? I mean, it depends on the shade. Some blues look blue. Some blues look purple. Some blues look pink. But you I'm so confused. Yeah, it's oh, it's very that. confusding. If you wouldn't understand blind, How do you know what a color looks like? You really don't. Is. You really don't. But here's the thing. I'm, I'm not necessarily looking at these the purple jerseys as 
I love that color. It's right. more just I love the retro. I know that this is the jersey oh, they used to right. wear. So, and and it's I don't look at, yeah, and I don't look at it as what did they do in these jerseys. I understand they were not very good with those purple jerseys. Yeah. But I'm just looking at it as, hey, it's retro. Yeah, it's the old school. I that that just I like it. I do appreciate the fact that y'all, this generation, is so old school and wanted to live back because my generation didn't care about old school at all. Didn't matter. Didn't care about any of that stuff at any point in time. And now I feel like this generation of fans, just generation of people, because even with music. People are listening yeah. to music that my dad listened to. I'm like, what is going on with you people? But it, it is. It kind of feels like this generation is kind of wanting to kind of go back and, and like the idea of some of the music and some of the style. A 15-year-old has a style that's fit for a 70s person. You know, back in the 1970s, I showed him on Twitter. I showed him on, on Google. I was like, dude, look, this was a 70s hairstyle that you <laughs> and all these other kids are rocking with your long hair. I don't care, man. I like it. Yeah. Gotta gotta embrace the classics. So be it. Uh, tell everybody we'll be back at it again, live streaming uh, on Thursday night. Make sure to follow at Sparky Radio on Twitter. Nathan Marzian as well. We'll let you know what time it's going to be on Thursday night, and hopefully by that point we'll have YouTube all set up as well, and we can do that too. Enjoy it. Have a good one. Toodles.